Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are two men who just got back from the cocaine bear exhibit at the local <laughs> zoo, Shane Beauregard. Wouldn't that be great if that was an actual thing? Because I would so be there. It needs to be. It really yes. does. Yes, We're it already, does. People already hate zoos for, like, uh, you know, possible animal abuse or just keeping them in cages. Give them cocaine. That's what we're here to advocate, right, Chef Chris? Just trying to have a good old time. <laughs> yes, Chef. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, Chris doesn't like my angle on this uh, episode today, but I think it's, it's just apropos uh, where we're going to do uh, a little bit of surreal cinema. A little bit of the strange, a bit of the macabre, a little bit of the weird stuff that we've kind of gone through recently, as well as maybe touch on some of the things. It's been kind of a weird year. That's why I like to, you know, kind of look back at it. We asked a a Twitter kind of question about that, what people have seen that they thought was real strange. And I think they're kind of lined up with us pretty well. And obviously, (laughs) uh, we saw the Cocaine Bear trailer, which... Now, it just seems like, I feel like we're going to get a couple of these movies a year because it felt really at home being a trailer while watching Violent Night, which we're going to review on this episode as well, as well as uh, covering the menu and maybe a few other uh, weirdo stuff that we've caught in the last few weeks because, man, it's been it's been an interesting few weeks outside of like Christmas movies and just like the, the, the Oscar fair stuff, but then it's like, Oh, by the way, here's like a cannibal love story or a, you know, rock star chef, you know, on a remote island or whatever. But Chris, you you felt uh, that maybe that wasn't uh that these movies maybe didn't line up for that. I uh, I was wondering where your uh, through line was, and uh, I didn't hate the idea because I roll with the punches. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm here for it. And I'm but... throwing the punches, kid. <laughs> You know, just listen, convalesce a little bit longer before, uh, you know, you start throwing those uh, hams. Um, Yeah, flights of stairs are bad right now. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, when you uh, presented it on Twitter, I was like, what? Wait a minute. That took a turn in my mind. I was just like, wait a minute. How are these weird? You know, what's so weird about uh, the menu? And what's so weird about Violent Night? You know, it's how we picture our Santa. Yeah. What did I say to you where I'm like, yeah, so Santa slaughtering people with a sledgehammer or, you know, dudes, you know, committing suicide. It's like food performance art. That's just like a regular Tuesday at IHOP, right? Yeah, exactly. It's on the children's menu. That's why you're not seeing it. You know? Yeah. It's like dinosaur nuggets, uh, short stack. Yeah. And uh, the chef comes out and kills himself. (laughs) So, yeah. That's it. All right. How about you, Shane? Has it been a, a little? You feel like it's kind of a weird year, or are you just rewatching Top Gun Maverick every day and you just keeping grounded? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of rewatching Top Gun Maverick, keeping it grounded. It's been a little bit of a weird year, but as far as weird cinema goes, this is probably the weirdest 
I guess like you put it, one-two punch I've seen all year. Uh, I was trying to go through back my uh, my recent activity log or letterboxed, and uh, I couldn't really find any really outlandish, weird movies this year outside of maybe old people. I was going to say, that was definitely something that came up in my head, where, like, especially... Horror kind of dips this way, so it's almost cheating to say, like, weird horror. Because there's, like, right. I, I watched Glorious, where it's, like, a demigod in a glory hole in a, you know, truck stop, rest stop bathroom or whatever, doing H.P. Lovecraft shit. That's that's pretty cool. And and when we put out the question uh, to people on Twitter what, like, weird movies they watch this year, that was one of the ones that got brought. In fact, Shudder... And it's kind of like a hole. There was like four, five, six ones because that's what they deal in, right? That's like their their deal. Um, right. But at the same time, even the elite movies, like quote unquote of the year, like Everything Everywhere All at Once, is a bananas movie. Hot Dog Fingers, you know the the constant, you know, metaversing or whatever. Like just that whole experience was pretty batshit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. And uh, some people uh, answered men. Yeah, a lot of people answered men, and a lot of people at least echoed our sentiment of men is trash. And it's, uh, but at least in retrospect, I love the the miracle birth jokes. You know, that just go with Rory Kinnear's character, and just the thought like that that will stick in my brain (laughs) that particular scene. For the whole, like the rest of the year, probably for the rest of my life, because when are we going to see something like that happen again? I hope not in real life, especially, <laughs> but like uh, cinematically, no, thank you. Um, ah, the wonders of science. <laughs> yes, and of course we actually covered, you know, Weird Al, you know, the weird biopic that wasn't a biopic, so that's something. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of people said Morbius. I still have not seen Morbius because it was just so bad to people that I was just like, it's so hard to just like say I'm gonna, you know, for a hundred minutes, whatever it is, just hate myself. Is it Morbin time, guys? No, it was just okay. It wasn't weird or terrible. It was okay. Agree. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with Shane. It it, it was a movie. Yeah. There's that yeah. uh, that I guess uh, a screenshot of that. Uh, letterboxed review of it where uh-huh. you know it's certainly a movie and then they go into yeah. how bland it was and i was like that's true to form yeah. it's funny and correct right yeah see that's why i don't know i just don't once i know a movie is like universally like just beaten down it's so hard for me to go oh yeah let me just make sure that everybody's right oh yeah you know it's so hard to be like let me just go waste my time um meanwhile i you know tried watching troll this afternoon so you know i i have no taste i'm not saying i have taste but i'm just saying like hey might as well give that a shot because i haven't heard anyone tell me it's terrible yet so uh which spoiler it's very meh uh it's very weird this is on netflix if anyone doesn't know what i'm talking about where basically they turned a norwegian rock you know mountain troll into like godzilla for norway and you know, tried okay. to do it with, you know, you know, a paleontologist working on the the project and other people and just said, you know, hey, you got to believe in these fables because apparently they're true because we got, you know, drone footage of trolls going around stomping things out. So, yeah, if you want to watch something uh, dumb and harmless in 100 minutes, knock yourself out on Netflix. Uh, it won't be on my top 10 Netflix movies you of the year. Let's put it us. that way. Yeah, you're welcome. 
You're welcome. Pause it right now because uh, I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> you got it, man. We'll we'll see you when you get back. Um, I would also say Duel with Karen Gillum and Aaron Paul. That got brought up uh, a bunch too. Did you guys ever check that out? That was no. on like the AMC Plus app after it did like a a short run in theaters. It was also I think it premiered at Sundance. I I caught this. I I you know when I did my free trial or whatever. And I was really looking forward to it, so I was a little disappointed. But I, I it's such an interesting concept of, like, a uh, person dying uh, in real life. You basically have this program where you make a clone of yourself that takes over for you after you die to make it easier on your family to kind of, you know, keep living on with you, a facsimile of you around. And she got better. She never died. And then she had to prepare to fight her clone to the death to see who lives on as her life, which is an incredibly amazing concept, which is why I was so jazzed for it. But this is slow, low-fi, low-creep movie. But I will say Aaron Paul is amazing in this as, like, her trainer. <laughs> it's, like, insanity. Um so, but I did end up enjoying myself, but it was just, I, I thought with a concept like that, like, how can you go wrong? So that movie, uh, some people brought up on the Twitter one and I, I gotta say, I enjoyed it. It was on my top 25 for a while of the year before, like we just watched more stuff and it kind of got kicked off. So, um, that one was out there. And before we get to like the, the two main reviews, I also just want to shout out, uh, for myself, uh, I love my dad. I watched this for 99 cents. They had like a deal on Amazon Prime one day. Um, I've been looking forward to it because, again, strong, strong concept and a person I love in Patton Oswalt. Uh, it's a very dark comedy about a uh, hopelessly estranged father who catfishes his son in an attempt to reconnect. Um, have you guys seen the trailer or anything with that? I did. I did see the trailer, but it was one of those things I wrote down and I kind of forgot about. And it just got overlooked, and I do want to go back and see it. Yeah. Yeah, I so wasn't sure like, where it was playing. So I was like, all right, I'll see it when it's advertised. Yeah. Yeah, I, I again, I rented it. I, I just waited until it was on uh, VOD. And this was a such an interesting concept. And, again, darkly funny. But you're watching it, and it's like, this cannot end well. I don't know where this is going to go. And it gets very dark at times because you're playing with someone who has mental illness um, and catfishing with that person and and obviously this estranged uh, uh, father and son relationship. And the catfishing stuff gets way out of control, <laughs> and that's probably like the bigger, funnier parts uh, with Patton Oswalt and his uh, his son in the movie. Um, but good Lord, this, uh, this movie, I thought if it landed the plane a little bit better, it might be something that's stuck in my top 25 of the year or something but it's it's just outside of that i was interested apparently it was inspired by a true story which is insane to me um but you know good on them i thought it's a it's a good execution for a, like not a very well-known uh filmmaker yeah essentially like first major feature for this guy james morosini so good on him uh hopefully you know he gets another shot at something uh coming up soon uh, he's an actor turned director type, um, and I really liked Pat Oswalt in this. Uh, I also really liked Rachel Dratch. I really liked her as the uh, Pat Oswalt's girlfriend in the movie. 
um, because she helps him out when the catfishing kind of goes awry and then it gets really out of control on top of that. So she's really funny in it. She's kind of a dirtbag, you know, over, you know, over sexual, you know, mid midlife uh, girlfriend for Patton Oswalt in the movie. So, again, I can recommend it. I love my dad. Uh, is a cool short movie that takes a lot of risks, gets very weird. So, you know, if you like that kind of thing, check that out as well. Um, any other uh, weirdo stuff you guys loved or didn't love in the year? Is it really just, uh, you know, like everything everywhere all at once got talked about a lot, men got talked about a lot. Anything else you guys can remember before we uh, go no, right into it. the other main reviews? Men yeah, is as weird as I think I got. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll just get right into it. Uh, we'll start with the menu because that uh, seems to be its one of our favorites, Anya Taylor-Joy, who just keeps working and working and working. I, I liked her quite a bit in this. This is uh, directed by Mark Malad. Uh, him and screenwriter Will Tracy uh, are the director-writer team for a lot of the Succession episodes, and this is kind of them taking on the project. Uh, I believe they took it over from Alexander Payne. Uh, who did, like, Election and About Schmidt and uh, a lot of those movies. Uh, more of an indie guy that I, I didn't know he was attached to before all this. Um, Will Tracy came up with the idea of this story, which is about a young couple who travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. He came up with this because he took uh, a boat ride uh, to a fancy restaurant on a nearby private island in Norway. And when he realized like they were basically stuck or trapped on this island until the meal was done, he was like, oh, shit, this could get really out of control <laughs> and just came up with this you know, whole thing. Uh, the menu premiered at Toronto International Film Festival and also made its U.S. premiere at Fantastic Fest. It did have a wide release. In fact, the widest release from Searchlight uh, in their history uh, this is, like I said, Anya Taylor-Joy as Margot. Ralph Fiennes plays the all-star chef here, Chef Slowick. And Nicholas Holt is Tyler, who brings Margot to the party. Um, I will say, and I hope you guys appreciate this, after I saw the movie, I immediately went out and bought a double cheeseburger and ate the shit out of it. So I hope awesome. you actually appreciate that because <laughs> I really did that. I was so hungry and I watched this movie and I still went out and got a double cheeseburger. So I hope uh, if anything stuck with me, it was goddamn that double cheeseburger at the end looked really, really good. Uh, so Shane, I will ask you first because you are, uh, the, the letterbox, uh, reporter where you put your feelings out very early and you seem to be very bullish on this, sir. So the menu, how do you feel about it, bud? Yeah. Loved it. One of my favorite films of the year. I, I thought it was, I saw the trailer and it wasn't like I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. Like I loved the subtle humor in this movie as it builds, especially as you're bringing out course after course. Yeah. And some of the characters in the restaurant are under kind of understanding, like when it stops becoming performance art, <laughs> you know what I mean? It becomes real. I, I just like some of the interactions between some of the characters like John Leguizamo. Uh, but no, I loved it. Cause I, and we'll get towards the end of this movie without spoiling it, but I was, I would be like Margot in this, in this situation. That would be me and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Dancing for dollars, baby. No, um, as far as her, um, how everyone's so in con or like just so taken with this chef, and she's like, wait a minute, we're not getting any fucking food. I'm hungry. Like, what is this bullshit? Give me a hamburger. You know, she's the only one to realize, like, what the hell are you people talking about? And this movie's so absurd and it gets so ridiculous. Like, the s'mores scene made me laugh out loud. I was just, (laughs) I was in tears. I absolutely loved this movie. Yeah, I I honestly liked it uh how it jumped back and forth between getting really dark and then also going back to just a lot of the humor and a lot of the things that were staged that were kind of the reveals as it kind of went along. I enjoyed a lot of those as well. I I, I liked the movie. I'm not as over the moon about it as you were because I didn't think it flowed as well as I hoped and the payoff was good. Um, but I wasn't like, wow, what a crazy ride. Like I didn't have that, but like, I still enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, chef Chris, what'd you feel about the menu? I thought it was lovely. It started, uh, pre- no, uh, it was, I, I, I was with Shane. I, I, I really love this. Uh, it surprised me because I thought it was going to be, um, they're cannibals or someone's some, the, yeah. the patrons are going to be the, the meal. You know, I thought that was where it was going. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, this is this is like a drama. This is like a guy who's serious about his food. But I was like, why are all these people gathered around? Why are they paying so much money for this food? And they seem like uptight, but everything's catered to them specifically, especially yeah. when it's revealed that like, you know, uh, certain things are specifically for them in the tortillas sure that that was good yeah i was like yeah what is the deal with this yeah um but i love how it strung you along the whole time because i i really had no idea it was basically a revenge plot you know yeah Uh, i i kept you know here we are we're looking at anya reacting to all this and we're like yeah she's not supposed to be there so you know she's she's our eyes and ears She's yeah. looking around going, really? I'm with a guy that is just like basically going to uh, mess his pants over yeah. all these foods. And he's just like, oh, is the chef mad at me? And, you know, yeah. it's like, calm <laughs> down. I was just yeah. like, he was kind of annoying. But, you know, I'm I'm it, it, glad his arc went it, where it did. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite parts of the movies when he, he gave him the chef jacket and wrote on it. Yeah. And he and he yep. had him do that that meal. And I forgot the title card of what they put on there, but I laughed at <laughs> yeah. that too. It was like Taylor's shitty attempt <laughs> yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. No, and, and I like the more biting parts of it for sure. And you know, it's it's really like you said, it's an eat the rich, fuck the rich kind of a thing without actually eating the rich. <laughs> but I do like how um, it wasn't exactly it was exactly like 12 people, I believe, which was like a Last Supper thing. So they set yep. up a lot of little kind of Easter eggy thoughts or like things that were set up that are kind of more just in the background, um, even how they were brought in to the island. I guess the uh, the goat that was there is like a herder goat that brings uh other animals into slaughter so it was kind of like you know they were being led to slaughter from the yeah on a figurative level so there's a lot of cool things uh that happen in the movie like that that i think you know maybe upon more viewings this movie could actually maybe even get better and better in my mind so uh i enjoyed it i liked it 
um, and it seems like you guys did too. Um, also, shout out again to John Leguizamo, who he's in both of the main reviews we have for this week uh, yeah. with the menu, and we're going to do Violet Night in a minute. Uh, apparently, he based his character in this film on Steven Seagal, um, which okay. I didn't fully get because, like, you know, Seagal is very unique in his his ego and his martial arts and his like try like he he's got a tremendous ego which obviously the character does in the movie yeah but it it it's not one of those like you know oh i i know like kung fu or i know like this person like he does name dropping he does like some of those things that are classic Seagal, but he's also i don't know i didn't feel like it was like a an, a spot on rendition of him or anything but i could see the inspirations did you guys feel that at all i, I read that when he Leguizamo put that out there and again i was watching like huh i could see some things but yeah like you just said like i didn't catch a whole lot of seagull in his performance yeah i would just say like you know working off of uh the the one film that he's known for and he's like yeah you know all right oh yeah. you remember that one yeah that was a fun one for me you know or whatever you know yeah but he knows it's a, a, a piece of crap, you know? Yeah. Uh, in the end. Yeah, which obviously Seagal was full of them after a certain amount of years. So. Oh, God, uh, yes. Yeah. After he hit his peak, like, working with guys like Kurt Russell, and then, like, a few years later, you're like, well, I'm working with DMX or whatever. <laughs> it's like, well, things have taken a turn. But, yeah, so, uh, again, uh, I think we're probably right in line with the scores. The scores are all very positive. 89 Rotten Tomato score with a 78 Rotten Tomato audience, 71 meta scores, 7.5 MDB, and a 3.8 letterbox. All very solid. It is a solid film. So if you could still check this out, it's out in theaters still. Please go do so uh, and take the whole family, just everybody. It's a solid, you know. Obviously, people aren't seeing the new Disney cartoon, Strange World. So, you know, maybe you're looking for something to do with the whole family. Just go to the menu. I'm sure nothing will go wrong there. Um, tip your waitress. Um, what would you rate it, Shane? I'll let you go because you're gonna have the probably the high <laughs> the high end on this. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, I give this a four point five. Very nice. And like you said, if I watch it again, I may get it to a five. But right now, it's four point five. That's wild. I have no five so far this year, guys. I'm very very sad in uh 2022. Watching I guess all the wrong I have like movies. a couple of four and a half. I guess. Uh, how about you, Chris? Uh, just like a, a good course. I'm going four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I if I can cheat and do the points or whatever, I I probably could give this a three point seven five. But if I have to stick to the halves, I'd probably on a three and a half. So so I'm right yeah. there with the yeah. the rest of the world there. Yep. You know, it's a solid film, and especially for a uh, a team that does largely TV, uh, that is awesome uh, that they could just kind of step in and, and pull this off. So good on them. Uh, a solid entry and something especially to break up the other stuff that usually happens this time of year, especially Christmas films. And we caught the latest one over the weekend, Violent Night, directed by Tommy Workola. He uh, he previously did The Trip, which I feel like Shane might have seen. That feels like a very Shane movie. Did you see that? Um, that oh. is with Numi Rapace, where they're like, oh, I, yes, I did. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you would. He also directed uh, what Whatever Happened to Monday, which is an early Netflix flick back in the day. Um, this is written ironically uh, or weirdly, I don't know, by uh, Josh Miller and Pat Casey, who did both Sonic the Hedgehog movies. 
Um, So take that. You know, maybe that's where all the puns came from. They just went pun heavy like crazy because they've been doing, you know, kids video game movies for the last little bit. So this is, of course, the big Christmas movie of of the season, of the moment right now, uh, Violent Night, with a plot that reads, when a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. This is a crime action comedy brought to you, produced by, which many people probably wouldn't be too shocked. Um, did you guys know that it was produced by David Leach? Who the Deadpool, I did see that. Train, Hobbs and Shaw guy? Yeah, I did. So see I, fe- that. I felt that was very apropos. This I could see that uh, that person uh, bringing it in on that one. This premiered at New York Comic Con back in October. I saw this uh, a couple of days ago, and I don't know if you guys had this experience too. People cheered. At the end of this movie, when I've seen a bunch of Oscar films lately, and not a lot of people did. (laughs) So, it's interesting what people are into. It did well at the box office. I think it did like $12 million over the weekend, which is like Knives Out 2 money, um, which is pretty crazy. And uh, I don't know if it's super wide, but it's doing well. Um, And like we said... Uh, this is a John Leguizamo moment. He is the the head of the villain crew in this movie. Uh, but, of course, the star of Violent Night is Santa Claus himself, played by David Harbour of Stranger Things and Hellboy and anything else you love. This huge hunk of man meat uh, <laughs> that is in this movie. Uh, all right, fellas, we'll start with Chris this time. What'd you feel, buddy? Now that we're past Thanksgiving, you can stop being mad at me that we covered uh, Christmas movies. Yeah. Did you fully embrace the mayhem that was Violent Night? I did. I did. It uh, just further proves uh, that Die Hard is a Christmas movie because uh, it felt like Die Hard in yeah. Christmas time. I don't know. I don't know. But somehow it they connect. Yeah. It definitely has a <laughs> lot of uh, similarities with certain traditional holiday films that go on around now. They bring up the Home Alone thing. They have like a whole super violent Home Alone sequence that goes on. Uh, I brought up to Shane earlier the the whole like, I haven't seen Fat Man. Is this sort of close to the Fat Man thing? And you were saying, yeah, kind of, but not really. So what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, they very similar types because they're, diff- they're like off- they're different types of Santa Clauses, and they gave him a little bit of different background to him. And the Fat Man, I like the execution of that movie a little better because it's based on this little rich kid getting a lump of coal, so he hires Walton Goggins to go kill Santa Claus. Right. That's like the basis of the Fat Man. But I like David Harbour's take on Santa more than I like Mel Gibson's take. But they yeah. both were St. Nick, and I just I did like both movies, so I would recommend both movies, but... the. This one had more, I, I enjoyed the kills and we'll get into it more, but the action scenes were a lot better in this film than they were in Fat Man. Fat Man was like a more down to earth, more, you could tell it didn't have the production value in it or didn't have the money flowing into it like this movie did. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and I would say, I would echo that too. I liked the uh, the warrior angle, the actual like kind of true nature of, you know, who St. Nick was before uh, he actually took on the Santa Claus thing, how he was more of a like a selfish, brutal human being before he became 
uh, the Santa Claus that we know now and what matters to him now and trying to wrestle with both of those. But honestly, I will say for this movie, the beginning, especially with how many puns and eye-rolling things that kind of go on, this, and the family didn't do a ton for me, although shout out again. Super cute kid. Whoever's doing these cute kid, uh, you know, Christmas time uh, classics here, my God, you know, they are knocking it out of the park this year. Um, I know we mentioned that with Falling for Christmas and some others too. So this kid, same thing uh, with Violent Night. But this movie, I thought, started in earnest for me once he got the sledgehammer. And all that, once it got into like the true action set pieces, that they had throughout the film, that's when I started to really enjoy myself. Up until then, I was like, all right, God, can we just get to just brutally murdering these idiots because they're, like, so schlocky that, it, like, you really have to go. Like, I could tell you right now, I was in a crowded movie theater, and I can hear people behind me who came in stoned off their heads. And they were just loving every minute. And at the end of the movie, this woman just screams out, I love this movie! Like, she was just so overjoyed by this movie. And honestly, again, it's geared maybe towards you're just out and you want to shut your brain off, as Shane has said many times over, that you just go in and you're like, I just want to see Santa kill a bunch of people. And that's cool. They even make nods to Silent Night, Deadly Night, and other... uh, films of this type of ilk and the action is well executed i think there's a sequence with a brian adams song playing that i was just like fucking brian adams wow brian adams um but i was so into it once the the sledgehammer came out and the true violence occurred because you get like some kills with a snow plow you get like a nail through a person's mouth uh that falls through a, a nail that goes through their mouth nasty nasty stuff as it went through that i truly enjoyed um but again like the ending i was like there were certain things where i was like oh they give this person the last saying thing or this person the last thing. so there was some execution stuff that i was like eh but overall you, you gotta at least have fun with with a movie like this and enjoy just that rip roaring action that goes through for like a good half hour 45 minutes towards the end is that about right? Shane, you didn't give your full kind of thoughts. Is that yeah? Like about- it, it, yeah, it's about right. I liked Harbor's take on it. again, but when he found the sledgehammer in the shed or the barn or that was, that's yeah. when that movie, re- like you said, took off because the the fight scenes were filmed very good. I I really liked them. I liked the problem with this movie that I didn't connect with us of the cute little girl is the family itself. I you know, care. like. Who cared? Like who cared about him? Like I like Edie Patterson from Righteous Gemstones. I thought yeah. she was, she was funny in this as well. Yeah, I love her stupid uh, action film boyfriend. Yeah, in this movie he made me laugh. You know, yeah. but the character, the family itself, did not really connect to. And again, I don't. I love you, John Leguizamo, but I don't buy you as the main heavy no. of the movie. And it's like you said, his background that he gave was so lame. Oh yeah. But I did like the one-liners or all the puns at the beginning of this movie you're talking about because okay. that's so 90s for me. It like, is. That is well, so everything 90s. about this movie is 90s. Yes, yeah, so sure. 90s. So I, I dug it. And uh, again, once the action picks up is where this movie takes off. Yeah. Chris, do you Definitely. feel kind of similar with that? Yeah. Uh, like <clears throat> some of the uh, some of the kills, like, yeah, that nail thing. Yeah. I'm like, that stain still in his mouth is moving. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, I know. Like I cringed, but I loved it. 
yeah, just when it started ramping up, that's when uh, that's when you're like, yeah, this is what I paid to see. Yeah, for um, sure. But uh, I got to say, I have one slight hang up, and that is uh, he's this warrior who's Santa, and then uh, he doesn't know how a gun works. I'm like, come on. You're obviously yeah. thousands of years old. Sure. You, you didn't come across a gun at least once, and you call it like, what, is this doohickey or uh, yeah. something along those lines? I'm like, okay, stick to the sledgehammer. You're good at that. They also play, <laughs> of course, with like, he's magic, but then it's like we also have to worry about like how much is too much for him to die or not die. So yeah. I thought that was kind of loosely explained, or I really didn't feel engaged with that part of the plot line no. or any of those things. Yeah. And the way they explain it away, it's like, I don't know how this magic stuff really works. Yeah. You know, that was his explanation for everything. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. It's a movie that knows what it is. It's like, we're just going to fucking kill a bunch of people here. We're not going to let, you know, these bad guys do something on Christmas because of Christmas magic. And, and we're going to do it in a bloody and violent way. And they're just going to have fun with it. This movie, you know, it's amazing to me. I think the most amazing thing to me right now is that the box office is having a real tough moment, and this movie seemed like people were geared up to see this movie, but like they won't go see, like I don't know, I was the only person in the theater for The Fablemans uh, the weekend before or whatever, and that movie might win Best Picture. <laughs> so like it's a weird year, it's a weird box office, it's just it's odd right now, and that's why again the menu was did a pretty decent number, uh, for whatever it is, especially being such a, you know, again a bizarre movie to sell to people, and and it didn't get like heavily marketed, um, yeah. but that movie still did like nine or ten mm-hmm. million over its first weekend or whatever, so it did better than something like Bones and All or or some of these other strange movies that have a bigger star or as big a star, I guess. Anya Taylor Joy and Timothy Chalamet are kind of similar these days, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know what people want. I don't know what people save, uh, you know, their time for for what they watch at home versus what they could watch in the big screen. But what I will say is that horror again continuing horror and action are saving the box office, and and Violent Night kind of fits in. With that, and a lot of people I know uh, watch Bullet Train. Speaking of David Leach, over uh, the weekend or whatever, because yeah, it finally hit Netflix, and people were like, "Oh, look at this brand new movie!" It's like, no, this movie's been out for a long time. We've been talking about it. So, hey, yeah. everybody, if you caught it and you want to hear our thoughts, that was one of our episodes over the summer. Go back and and check that out. Um, but man, I I don't understand what the box office is doing. Wakanda Forever seems to be doing. Uh, better. They put Top Gun Maverick back in theaters for a couple weeks mm. <laughs> upcoming because they were just like, whoops, we forgot to put movies in until Avatar hits on the 16th. So yeah. it's a very odd time, but Violent Night took advantage and they made, you know, like I said, like $12 million or whatever in a very soft kind of weird time of year. But hey, Christmas miracles, right? Christmas yeah. magic. Um, let's do some scores. Uh, Chef Chris, uh, how do you feel about uh, Violent Night? Uh, uh, chef's Kiss, uh, 3.5 <laughs> okay. for Violent Night. Yeah, which, by the way, you know, it's a 3.4 on Letterboxd. You know, 
it's doing like in the 71 Rotten Tomatoes, 7.1 IMDb, 55 Metascore, 90% Rotten Tomato audience. That's all you really need to know. That people had a good time. Shane, how about you? I'm with uh, Chef Chris. I give it a 3.5. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I'm a little lower because I think a lot of this Get movie out. is very kind of <laughs> schlocky. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I think I'm probably, I don't know, if I have, again, if I have to stick to the solid halves, I'd probably give it a 3. Uh, but if not, probably like a 3.25. So, because it did stuff um, and, it, and I enjoyed myself enough. But the movie, a lot of it has a lot of eye roll. And like you said, a lot of 90s in a bad way uh, for, for a Watch good stretch. Watch your mouth. Right? I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. How about John Leguizamo? Is that 90s in a bad way enough for you? Okay. He wasn't playing right, Luigi, right. was he? He was, he was not Seagal in this one either. <laughs> so, yeah. But again, we're all kind of similar. I think that all works out. And again, people enjoyed it. So as far as Christmas movies, you're always going to have a curve probably on the upswing because you're like, this is what I want this time of year. You know, if this movie doesn't have the Santa Claus angle, this is just a boring action movie where you're yeah. just kind of like waiting for it. So, but they knew what they were doing. They, they had the winking thing going on the whole time and they pulled it off. Uh, cool for David Harbour. Uh, something to do between Stranger Things seasons because Lord knows the new one I think is not shooting until May. I think I heard. So Stranger Things still we probably have another year and a half or something before we get more of that. So keep plugging away there, David Harbour. We love you. Um, anything else, guys? Anything else you want to kind of go over or anything you guys are looking forward to? Have you subscribed to the Burt Locker online? Uh, is that something you guys did? The what locker? The Burt Locker, that annoying kid in Violent Night, that movie we just talked yeah. about, the the kid who was doing like all the like updates, the yo 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 fucking yeah, check-ins. Yeah, come on, that was <laughs> I'm pretty sorry. Damn good. Yeah, Fuck I just know. I blocked yeah. him out because he yeah uh, he was annoying and I was just like forget it. He was super annoying. Yeah, I, yeah, I hated um, him until the end. Um, yeah. But anything you guys are uh, looking forward to? Have you softened on Avatar two stances, or are we just going to skip that? What's going on, guys? That, that's a big negative. I have zero interest. In fact, you'd have to pay me, James Cameron. To go see Avatar 2. <laughs> so, honestly, I think I'll take this time to go maybe backtrack and see some movies that uh, have been out for a little while, like Bones and All, if I could catch it the one time it freaking shows here during the day. But uh, down the line, Babylon comes out in a couple weeks. I'm looking forward to that. And yep. just kind of trying to play catch up. That's that's my goal. Yeah. Uh, Chris, how about you? Yeah, I, uh, I really don't care what Avatar brings to the table i don't care how many sequels are coming to uh the theater <laughs> I, I just yeah i'm i you know what i look forward to it coming to the theater because i want to stop talking about it uh, i want it to be out because he's been talking this up since he announced he was doing several sequels yeah and uh, I'm, I'm just sick of hearing him defending his idea of what a movie going experience is uh, yeah. I miss the old James Cameron, the uh, the innovator of filmmaking, not uh, the innovator of uh, how films are made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just he had yeah. a vision back in the day and now he's all about the equipment, what yeah. the equipment does, how he can get people in seats. And you know what? Avatar 2 will be a flash in the pan. 
it's going to have like maybe a few weeks of number one, and then people are just going to peter off saying it's Fern Gully 2.5. <laughs> exactly. And and the only thing that's going to probably save them too is uh, that for a while, a lot of American movies haven't been playing in China, and I think this one will. So you'll probably see some like high crazy number that it'll do, especially in those first few weeks or whatever. But we'll see. You know, I, I, I still, I'm like, I just don't care. But I feel yeah, like don't do it. Just like no. last time, <laughs> I didn't see the first Avatar for like a couple of weeks too because people are just like, oh, but you gotta see it in 3D. You gotta see the whole thing or whatever. And I did. It was fine. I haven't had a second thought about you know, like you said, Fern Gully in space uh, in a long time. And I've never revisited it. I've never watched it. It's, no. It doesn't register in my brain. I don't. I, I only remember the name Navi because it's like a punchline to me that I like to bring up or people brought up on other podcasts. So that's about it uh, as far as it is for, for Avatar. Um, for everybody else, my side hustle, uh, what's on Netflix, go check out uh, my review of Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. That's the last one. Uh, I did for them uh, during Thanksgiving week. I was lucky enough to see it in theaters. Um, I hope people were able to as well because they they did well for the limited amount of screens. They also did like $12 million that first weekend or whatever. And for a Netflix movie, that's like, I think like six or seven times what like Red Notice did. And Red Notice, I think, did the most uh, of any movie for Netflix that they put out in theaters. So it's a wild number. Uh, and good on them. And by the way, uh, I kind of called it. I was on Mike, Mike and Oscar like a month or two ago, whatever it was. And I said, hey, this movie could do like $10 million in that first that week they're going to do it. And I nailed it. So congratulations <laughs> to me. Of course, that's what we come on here for. Um, but I'm with you guys. We probably have like a lot of like catch up to do between either uh, stuff we missed along the way, Oscar films, things like that. So because uh, I did see the Fablemans. Uh, like I said, I did uh, catch Knives Out to Glass Onion. I caught Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. My review for that should be out this week because that hits Netflix on Friday. Um, yeah, and there's probably a bunch of other stuff. We all watch Don't Worry Darling. There's like a, a bunch of stuff hitting streaming uh, that we could kind of maybe do some kind of recap on as well. Um, and, of course, we all watched Wednesday, which did like a humongous number for Netflix. Uh, it seems like everybody I know saw that as well. Um, yeah, and I've tried to watch 1899 multiple times, and I get through the yeah. first episode, and I, <laughs> I still haven't gotten there to come back. Um, and Chris has yes. to give us an update on Willow because that was one of your draft picks, and uh, that released its first couple episodes, so we'll have to hear from you on that. Yeah, I will. I will. Um, I yeah. actually did a refresh of uh, the movie, so... Uh, I, I kind of dabbled in that, so I'm going to leap right into the series and tell you what I thought, if I was right and or wrong. Of course, wrong. I want to I know your thoughts on the Fablemans, too. Hopefully, you could check that out, too, because that was yeah. another one of your draft picks as well. Yep. Um, so, we'll get to all of it. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff coming up uh, this weekend. Like I mentioned, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio comes out on Netflix. Empire of Light, uh, The Whale come, comes out this weekend, too. So, Bunch of good stuff. Be sure to subscribe to Recent Activity if you don't already do, so you can never miss an episode, even though we 
totally missed an episode last week because I had the flu <laughs> for a week. No. So we're allowed to miss an episode, but you are not. So please subscribe, rate us, do your whole thing, and come back every week when we're here for a recent activity. <laughs>